Good day, fellow consciousness explorers. Welcome to the Universal Citizen Media VIP broadcast, where we discuss everything in the healing, spiritual, and wellness spectrum. My name is Dr. David Ellis, and I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Amir Jahangiri, and we will be discussing the science of applied spirituality. Whether you're new on the path or an adept, there is something here for everyone. So sit back, relax, and join us as we explore the real questions which you, the students of self-development, want answered. Hello everyone, this is David Ellis once again with Amir Jahangiri and we are going to be doing tips and tricks number four. And today we're going to be talking about conjuring and possession and depossession. And we're not going to be talking about it from the point of view of uh, just talking about the different flavors of it. We're going to be giving you tips and tricks. Now, conjuring is not something that I personally would recommend. But for those of you who are hell-bent on leather to conjure entities from the astral realm, I suppose we should give you tips and tricks on how to do it uh, safely. So, Amir, before we get into this, introduce yourself. Um, thank you, David. Um, ladies and gentlemen, my warmest greetings to you. Welcome. Um, you honor us by being here with us, and we uh, become stronger together as more and more of you uh, follow us on this movement, mm. Universal Citizen Media. Uh, we become stronger together. So thank you so much for your um, valuable time and your contribution. So today we're going to talk about conjuring, possession, exorcism, uh, pacts with uh, different entities, how one would enter such contracts and pacts, uh, the benefits and uh, the side effects, negative side effects of such activity, how to do it correctly or rather not to do it being correct. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting topic. So David, let's just jump in. Okay, so of all the metaphysical practices that I could think of, conjuring would probably be the most high risk due to the fact that it requires a high level of skill, a high level of dedication, and a high level of willpower. So conjuring basically is the partial or temporary manifestation of astral or otherworldly entities into this realm. For what purpose? For the purpose of gaining information, for the purpose of gaining power, yes. right? Gaining some sort of insight as an example. So you'll probably ask yourself, why would you want to conjure? There's no positive benefit to this in terms of how is it going to help you in life? Well, let me tell you one of the things that conjuring will help you get rid of doubt. So if you thought that maybe I might believe, I actually hate the word believe because it leaves room for doubt. So if you believe that you have a soul and a spirit, but you've never come in very close proximity with it. Conjuring is one of the activities that will um, remove that doubt. Um, 
real quick. And so that's one of the reasons why people conjure. Uh, the other reason is because they want to achieve an adept status. So everybody can do magic. That's what they say. Not everyone can conjure correctly. And for those people who try it and it ends badly, uh, it ends really, really badly. We're talking, yes. we're talking institutionalizations. We're talking like the psych ward, okay? And so, if you're going to be conjuring, there are a few tips and tricks that you need to know. Number one, if you're a technical conjurer and you're going to cast the circle, and so on, stay inside the circle for obvious reasons this is not like the horror movies where it's an instantaneous grabbing of you and and murder or whatever the case may be no 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 when you're outside the circle and you are infected it takes a few months but you eventually feel the effects and the effects are usually irreversible and so there are lots of people who tried conjuring because they just wanted to see what would happen. And they did. They're still seeing what would happen to this day. So, Amir, I'm going to let you jump in here. So, with every kind of uh, spiritual or magical activity, it's always a good idea to have sufficient knowledge. Mm -hmm. So, you must know what you are stepping into what is the process of what you're undertaking and how to safeguard yourself how to uh, play the rules of the game correctly so at the end you get something beneficial out of it this is never guaranteed mm -hmm. so of course i always would recommend that you start first and foremost with strengthening yourself because you're going toe-to-toe -to -toe in a boxing ring uh, with an expert mixed martial artist that's not even human. So you should consider that certain uh, certain entities have lived a very long time. They have accumulated an unbelievable amount of knowledge and skill. Their will may be difficult to bend. It will never break. And there you're standing maybe not, not prepared for what you've just gotten yourself into. Mm -hmm. So do your homework. This is no matter of uh, entertainment. It's a very serious business. And people who enter this, uh, and if they play the game correctly, they do their due diligence, and they abide by the laws of the contract they form, they very well may, may gain insight, knowledge, alliances, power, uh, access to uh, things that are um, hidden, Again, comes the world, the word occult, hidden, hidden from the general uh, general population. Uh, but it's very important that you have correct information, even better, correct instruction. Mm -hmm. Somebody who's been there, done that, will tell you, "Oh, no, you never do that in this situation," or "You always must do this and this in a certain situation," because if you don't do the correct thing, you just are in danger. There's no easier way of putting this. So now the entities don't necessarily have to be negative. They might be positive, or they might be neutral, or they might be any of the above, but depending on who you are, 
the situation may unfold in a very unique way. Mm. So it's a complicated process working with entities, angels or demons or something neutral. Um, there are many ways of doing this um, established throughout history that are known to work, but then there are those born with the gift uh, out of countless lifetimes born with that spiritual authority that they speak and there is the entity bowing down in reverence. Almighty one, I remember you. You know, you know not who you are, but I know who you are. So you see, it's very difficult to pinpoint um, a set of procedures that will work for everybody. So you have to proceed very carefully, very diligently. Okay. I want to work with the analogies that you're working with. So conjuring is kind of like bull riding in a rodeo. But the bull is a bloody dinosaur, yeah. <laughs> conjuring is kind of like bull riding in a rodeo. Um, you get onto the bull and there's going to be a period of time when you think to yourself, this is such a bad idea. So here are the things that you should really, really, really think about. Is my internal fortification, my will, my will to survive, my will to be sane, strong enough to sustain the bull riding? Or is my skull thick enough when I fall off that bull? Okay. These are the things that you have to take into consideration which is why it's not necessarily advised that if you have been practicing esoterics for one, two, or three years, no, um, wait until your 10th, 20th year, and then try that stuff. That's the first thing I would highly suggest. If you are going to be conjuring any entity, may I suggest you start with something simple first? There are some people born of a less than um, bright nature, who will skip the Ouija board, which is a kind of conjuring in and, uh, in and of itself, like a Ouija board, and go straight into whatever demon or whatever entity can just come. No. We have cases of this. All right? We just want any entity. Um, no. Baby steps get the Ouija board, get the feeling for it and stuff like that. And then you increase in confidence, baby steps, baby steps. The third tip that I want to bring to the fray is that if you're going to be conjuring, make sure your heart and your mind is clean. Make sure you're doing it in a sort of reverence for the art form. And if you're conjuring a particular entity, please know the entity, read, research, read, research on that entity. Don't go in there blind. God damn it, don't go in there blind. Okay? Read, research on the entity that you're trying to conjure. And for heaven's sake, some people think that they take some kind of pride in conjuring demons. Like, why? Conjuring demons is like going to a rodeo, getting on the bull, and choosing the dreadest bull in the rodeo to get on. You get on that bull, 
that gate opens and then you realize that 400 pounds of cow may be hard to control. And I'm going to pass the ball over to you again. So, at the, well, we're kind of in the beginning of this discussion as the topic is unfolding. Mm -hmm. um, I would strongly recommend that you don't do such a thing. Well, stop. Okay? Just don't do it. The only exception is if you're in it for life and your intention 100% is to go absolutely all the way. Mm -hmm. Because if you're anything less than 100%, that bull is going to kill you. Sooner or later, okay? So you may be a light worker. Your intention is to absolutely kick the butt of every single entity for the purpose of helping people. Bring it on, baby, right? Or on the flip side, your intention is to create pacts with every single entity so you're the most badass left-hand path practitioner, okay? This guy survives and this guy survives. Everyone in the middle is going to be ground up into minced meat. So know your intention. If it's either this or this, you know what you're doing, you know what you want. Consequences, be damned. If it kills you, be damned. If you kill the demon, be damned. If you kill the angel, be damned. This is what I'm doing and that's what I want. If your resolution is anything other than this, if your will is any softer, you're not going to be on the winning side of it. And therefore I say, please don't dabble. Uh, please don't mess with beings that don't want to be messed with. Mm -hmm. Live and let live. Mm -hmm. And uh, then comes the matter of correct protocol that you must be absolutely in control of yourself mm -hmm. 100% meaning that you have turned um turned stability into an art form no matter how people bug you you can remain that unchangeable unmovable object nobody can mess with your thoughts or emotions when you gain that kind of inertia that kind of spiritual mass that nothing moves you, you're the mover, then you're ready to just enter. Mm -hmm. And as David absolutely correctly said, don't start with the bull, please start with the bunny rabbit, because you're working with uh, realms that you might not be very versed in, you might not see, quote-unquote, or hear or feel. So you want to just get your bearings in this kind of a multi-dimensional environment, uh, before you go for the nine kings of the infernal realm, right? Before you go with pissed off elementals. And so, yes, uh, please uh, don't do it. If you're there to be in it 100%, power to you, my friend. The world needs these people left and right. Uh, but be prepared. This is not something that you just do and then go take a holiday on the beach. You're in it. Full stop you know it's kind of funny i'm gonna agree with amir at 100 please don't dabble please don't dabble and if you are going to be dabbling and you happen to get it right fair would be the enemy in that situation yeah. fair would be your enemy so keep a cool head no matter what comes come what may 
my head is cool and I am centered. Okay, um, and so these are the things that we want to bring forward. A lot of people have Oasia boards at their home, or some of them don't, as the case may be. Start with that. Start with that. There's 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 some degree of separation in a Ouija board, right? I think an Ouija board is somewhere between the conjuring and the channeling aspect. Yeah. So you gotta be please start with that if you guys are hell bent on on conjuring um entities and so on. And if you are going to be conjuring entities and so on, please know what you are doing, know the ritual know the entities, know what the entities have been reported by other people who have conjured them to do what they like, what they do not like. Okay, these are the things. And for those of you who have the keys of Solomon at home and are practicing, <laughs> conjuring does not give you esoteric power. It exercises your esoteric power. What conjuring gives you is access. access that you don't actually need to manifest in that way. There are other ways of gaining access that are less risky. Absolutely. Meditation, channeling, um, to name a few. But if you're going to be conjuring and you're going to be bringing beans into existence and so on, some of them may not like being woken up and that will end very, very, very badly for either you or people around you. So don't do it. Yes. I'm just going to say, um, Amir, you want to say anything else on that topic? Because you're going to move on to the dread think, topic. You know, just final, final point that I'm thinking. So please look at the animal kingdom. Nature is always an incredible source of in inspiration and wisdom. So think of um, the Sahara, all these preys and predators running around. Uh, you don't want to be uh, the rodent, okay? because everything wants to eat the rodents. Uh, you want to be the buffalo, or even better, the mighty elephant in its youth and strength. Nobody messes with an angry elephant, okay? Now, if you're that little rodent that just peeks his head out, guess what? Either the snake is going to get you or the eagle. Mm. From land, air, and sea, everything wants to eat you up. If you're the mighty elephant, nobody messes with you. So before you even think about doing such a thing, make sure that you are at the peak of your power. That means, as David correctly said, many, many years, decades of practice. So this is not something for the novice. You'll just damage yourself and people you love, people around you in ways you cannot imagine. Now, if you're at that level of confidence, self-mastery and strength, then start slow see where it takes you and that's only if you wish to go to one of two extremes extreme light extreme dark if you know that's not you just don't even enter this uh, process agreed 100 percent. which takes us to the next topic possession and depossession so you guys are probably wondering why is that even a topic uh because a lot of people have family members who have been afflicted we have spoken about this topic many, many times, but what we haven't said is that some people invite entities into themselves for the express purpose of gaining power, gaining um, higher access to their faculties and so on. 
I just want to say that there are certain mystery schools that absolutely push the concept of possession, okay? They do. You think when you go to a Christian um, church service where they're beating tamaris and somebody just suddenly falls on the ground and writhes around and you see the guys coming and helping that person and so on, that would be possession. But they deem it as good possession. That person is taken up in the spirit. Shango Baptist, taken up in the spirit. Many different religious cults have some form of possession in them. That's possession. It's temporary. Uh, for want of a better word, it looks like an epileptic fit, but it's benevolent. And the spirit leaves that person. Yet another thing I wouldn't necessarily suggest that you invite entities into you. I wouldn't suggest it. But if you are once again hell bent on another, here are a few things, tips and tricks for the whole possession thing. Uh, tip number one don't have an open door policy. Okay. Like anything can come in. I just want to access the astral realm. Don't dabble. We're going to repeat this a lot during this broadcast. Don't dabble. If you are going to be practicing possession as a spiritual or religious construct, please understand that possession can happen at any time. And sometimes it might be inconvenient for you, like, I don't know, at the dentist office. <laughs> I mean, right? And so you have to regulate what you are doing. So I would suggest you work with the trans states and the trans states and get the right frame of mind where all of these things happen so that they don't happen arbitrarily to you while you're driving down the highway at 120 miles per hour. Okay? That's number one. Number two, make sure that your body is fit. For sure. Amir alluded to something that you need to know. A lot of the entities that possess people, they don't know what the human body is or what it's capable of. So if you look at a baby and you put it on a tricycle, it doesn't know. So it's going to try to turn the handlebars this way and that way. It's going to. So when you see a possessor, possession, what happens is that people writhe in very contorted, extreme yoga-like fashion and damage is done in the process because the entity is trying to figure out how does this thing work. And so you're the tricycle in that analogy. Okay. And the toddler is throwing you around, trying to figure out how you work. You may know how you work, and then you're along for the ride. So you have to be in the peak physical conditioning if you are going to be taking on this possession thing. For most people, it just looks like a writhing around. But for other people, in extreme cases, you have people doing extreme yoga in zero seconds flat. Okay? The third thing I want to say with regard to possession, if you're going to be practicing it as an art form, is please understand that if you do not have your boundaries set in the possession, that could go on for a while. 
okay? There are people that practice certain kinds of dance where possession is necessary. They have to get possessed to dance like that. And so you might want to set limiters on that because once again, entities don't know the human body very well. A lot of them don't. They may not have had a body for a very long time and they don't know what the limits to the human body are. So when you get that body back, you might be a carcass. You might be a cadaver. So you guys need to be aware of these things if you're practicing possession or um, making yourself, giving yourself over as a vessel for possession. There are many good reasons why people give themselves over um, for possession. If they want to gain the skills of an ancestor, for instance, they will allow the ancestor to inhabit their bodies. If they wanted to gain insight into a particular field of study or whatever else, they would allow that entity to inhabit their bodies, okay? So there are a lot of good reasons why people practice possessions, but we're gonna talk about depossession as a adjunct. Amir, you could jump in here. Uh, thank you, David. So there are a couple of really important points to go over. You raised these, so I'd like to add my, my two cents to this. Mm -hmm. That an open door policy is an absolute no-no uh, that um, the entity might not know how to handle your body and cause immense damage uh, to your muscles, to your bones, to your nervous system. Uh, the, the vibration of the being might not be compatible with the human body. So it may burn you out, okay? You, what Nothing remains of the uh, conscious mind of the person. So it may wipe your hard drive clean, so to speak. Boundaries are very important. So generally speaking, with those who know what they're doing, the body remains sovereign. Mm -hmm. They never allow anybody or anything to enter that zone that is you. And so there comes now an issue. Never hang out in an environment where conjuring is happening because the entity looks at the people there the people who've done their work and our masters are, they can't be penetrated. And the there, there's, right, you're the weakest link and boom, you're the one that's going to be possessed. And this has been taken advantage of throughout history. Somebody who's a novice is used as the mule, the donkey, the entity rides for the other guys to benefit. Okay, so that's not a good place to be. Don't be the donkey. And um, remember, it's not a good idea to surrender your sovereign being, your sacred vessel, to anybody or anything. Please mm -hmm. keep that in mind. I haven't come across a master who surrenders their body, surrenders their mind. Channeling is different. You're in control. You can seize the communication. With this kind of thing, you just lose control and nobody's there to say that you will ever get it back. Yeah, I want to say something here. A lot of people believe that they are haunted when they are actually possessed. And they get it twisted. Right? Because they think some entity is coming and doing stuff to them. And in a lot of cases, because we, there are a lot of women who could relate to this, some of them are being raped on occasion. 
that rape that you're feeling is possession. It's not haunting most of the time. There's no the, the entity is not coming at for you from some place or another. The entity is inside you already. And so people don't understand the difference between that and they get caught up. And they do the wrong kinds of things to get rid of an entity that's bothering them. And there have been documented cases of this happening where women have been experiencing what feels like rape for years and years and years without knowing why. Thinking that they're haunted, that there's some ghost that is coming for them, some demon that is coming for them. When no, the demon is already there. It's already in you. And you want to know what let it in? It's your fear and your despair that did. So it doesn't need to come from anywhere to get in there. It's already in there. And when you go to sleep at night and your consciousness slips, that's when that entity takes over and does whatever it wants with you. Be aware of these things. So when you're talking about possession and so on, there's willing possession and then there is a possession that's not so um <laughs> cooperative but based on what we're saying to you is that all possession to some degree has a willing component and i'll explain what i mean by that and a lot of people are going to disagree with me if i am despairing if i am despairing and i quit I don't have the strength to fight anything anymore. You stand for something or you fall for everything that comes in, including entities. There are some people that reach a low point in their lives and they're like, I, I, I just want out. These people are dead already. They're just too dumb to lie down and let somebody bury them. And so what happens? is that along comes an entity and sees this vessel without a driver. The car, the driver is falling asleep at the wheel. The driver doesn't care about the car anymore. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll just jump in then. And you don't even have the strength or neither do you care about that vessel to fight off anything. You have no willpower left. Guess what's going to happen? That's what happens. So there's a willing component because you literally have decided not to fight anymore. And then this happens and then you're in problems. And these people, if they remain in the despair condition, because once the entity inhabits, they are diagnosed with all sorts of um, psychotic illnesses, right? Delusions of grandeur because they're speaking in a certain way or acting in a certain way, and they end up in institutions for the rest of their lives. You think everybody in the mental institution just has a psychological or psychiatric disorder? No, I would challenge that. And if you doubt what David is saying, please educate yourself, go to an asylum and speak to these people. Doesn't matter what ailment they have, sit down and speak to these people I have. Very illuminating. Amir, I'm going to pass this ball to you. Absolutely. There's a critical point that was mentioned here. So some people may take offense at the notion that every single possession 
has consent, free will. They say, well, no, what about children? What about uh, this and that? But, but again, it is our free will to remain in a point that we are weak. So with the example of children who are innocent, mm -hmm. you can have a child that is depressed or buried in sorrow. Right? And in fact, it is in those modes that people are most susceptible. Correct. Free will exists, but it is at such a weakened state. It's like a door that's ready to be kicked down. So although we do not always choose the negative or unpleasant or sad or horrific events that happen in life, remaining in that weakened state is absolutely a choice. Because people get battered by life left and right, but they stand right back up again. In fact, become stronger as a result of learning how to stand back up. So let's put this here. If you are in a healthy state of mind, healthy state of body, you're immune. Nothing can touch you. But when you come down from that optimal zone, now you're in murky waters where there are sharks and crocodiles just waiting for that chance. So usually these possessions happen to people who are already severely weakened. Yes. Where their vibration is extremely low. So they've lost someone or something important. They're depressed. Uh, they're in despair and hopelessness. And then comes some false light. That is the vibration of that being that gives them a tiny taste of hope. And that's when they give up, say, okay, enter. I was about to say, I want to take you up on that um, child analogy because it's a very important point that you just um, raised because it's not only adults who become possessed. Children become possessed and they usually become possessed because adults have mistreated them. Yes. Because adults have mistreated them, have denigrated them and put them down and they become possessed as a result of it. And you want to know what helps? With regard to children possession take your hand i'm going to give you exercises actually i'm going to give you guys an exercise right now in possession and depossession right now and i want you guys to just follow along with this take your hand put it over your heart breathe into that space and tell me do you feel love do you feel love Put it over your heart shock and tell me, do you feel love right now? For somebody who's possessed, nothing is happening here. For want of a better word, that person is hollow inside. And so what it would help if you're going to be trying to help a child who's possessed is to start with love first. The child is not gone. The child is in there. But what is happening is that the child needs to be called forward to remove that entity because even the child's power is stronger than the entity's will to take over that area. But if that child has been dejected, the child is going to feel like there's no one that he or she can trust. And that's the hardest thing. And the 
problem with people is that do you want to know why exorcisms are usually only put to high-ranking esoteric practitioners and Catholic priests and so on? Would you like to know why? The answer is simple. It's not. It has nothing to do with training. It has to do with the fact that they are confident in their authority in the spirit world and they're not afraid to show love so some of you would have a child that's possessed in front of you and y'all will not pick that child up and say i love you too frightened so too exactly frightened. right so the child is down here in the gutter of frequency of vibration somebody comes in dives right down with fear and shame and blame and guilt right down to that level that person can never help no now think of somebody who's in the vibration of love shines it without any condition upon everyone and everything you're now raising that child up or that person up to that vibration of love strengthening them quite literally you strengthen the person to a state that once again they can exert their free will. Their free will is stated, I wish to be free. And that is the end of the battle. The rest is just formality and song and dance. And you know, you know, Amir, one of the things that I really um, want to say on this broadcast is that the percentage of people who are down in the gutter right now, adult, child, elderly person, is so high in this world. Entities have free reign to walk through yes. the entire planet. Because people are dejected. People are like, they've been denigrated, beat down into the... And it is really heartbreaking. And sometimes all people need is somebody to just pick them up, hold their hand and say, it's going to be okay. Or just give them a hug. And it does not happen. Because nobody gives a shit about them. So entities have been known to frequent places where homeless people live because these are the dejected of society people. These are people that people forgot. They're on their last legs of hope. Can't get a job. They've been forgotten and so on. And they're hurting. So every time you pass a homeless person and you see that some part of your heart should actually go out to them even if listen guys i'm not asking you to go have homeless people what i'm asking you to do however is at least give these people a smile and see them oh my god how much will that take off of you nothing or, or buy them a warm meal right hey fellow human being here a free meal on me or a warm coffee if it's cold outside right so they see that there's still hope for the human race you have no idea how high you lift that person up with that small act of kindness. Let me tell you one of the things that I have seen in my life. I I lived in a big city. I'm going to just tell you guys, it's Toronto. And near to the bus station, there were people who, um, fake beggars and so on. But one day there was a lady who was on that street begging and that lady was pregnant. How do you pass that person? How do you pass that person? 
how do you pass that person? But I sat there for a little while waiting for a train. And I saw dozens of people passing that woman like she was not there. So you want to know how possession happens? That's how it happens. When that person realizes that they don't matter, that everybody doesn't give a shit about them. That's how it happens. And so, guys, um, it happens to children. It happens to adults. It happens to the elderly whose who's, who's, who's descendants have discarded them and so on. Let them in a in an in in a old person's home and not visiting in the last days of their life, even though they gave their lives to raise these individuals. And possession happens in these areas because depression sets in and they give up hope and they're just a shell of themselves. And the car is empty and entities walk through. And that's what I'm saying to you guys with regard to possession. You have to take these things into consideration when you are looking at people and saying, oh, that person is possessed or this person is possessed. Sometimes all they need is for you to reach out literally and figuratively and energetically reach out and tell them it's going to be okay. I am just saying this to you guys because I've had a lot of experience in seeing people who are inverted commas insane suddenly get healed all of a sudden. When somebody took the effort, they weren't healed by the drugs. They weren't healed by the... Um, they weren't healed by the drugs, the, the therapy or whatever else. They were healed by a hug, however. Explain that to me. Amir, I'm going to let you get into it because we're going to get into a, a talk on depossession right now. So I'd like to um, give our esteemed audience um, a solution to become absolutely immune to any kind of external interference. And that's the practice of self-love. Mm. Now, funny enough, that's one of the courses that uh, we're presenting at the UCM University. Yes. So one of those fundamentals I would highly recommend that you, uh, that you study. Because we're living in a world, as David really beautifully put, correctly put, there's not a lot of light out there people ignoring their fellow human beings that are in need and desperation. But there's something nobody can ever take away from you, and that is self-love. If you have that, your cup will always be overflowing. So it is not like we are dependent on the charity of others. Mm -hmm. You extend that love towards yourself, and then you'll be of service to others with your overflow of love, bringing them out of the depths of despair. So yes, please uh, check it out. It's a really foolproof um, immuni immunization, like a vaccine against any of these things. Because if you have self-love, you have self-respect, you have strength, you take care of your body and mind, you're out of reach. You're not operating in a zone that negativity can access you. Absolutely. And a word on depossession. The same warnings we gave you on conjuring apply here. You're afraid? Don't try it. <laughs> if you have fear, don't try it. If you are not practiced and you know your authority in the spirit world, don't try it. If you are 
not of sound mind or body, don't try it. Don't dabble and say, oh, there's a possessed person. Let me depossess them. Don't try it. Um, let's see. What else is there? If you're doing it for the wrong reasons, don't try it. Some people try to depossess people to get information out of them. You're probably wondering how does that work. Mm. So it happens usually in um, the um, elderly homes where an elderly person starts acting differently. And the descendants and the um, sons, daughters, whatever, come in and try to bed the mind of the elderly while that person is, well, having whatever fits that they're having. And so medicine tells you that that person has dementia or that person has X, Y, Z. And it doesn't matter if the person is speaking in tongues and different languages and stuff like that. You know, it's just dementia. They probably heard the language somewhere. Right. Anyway, the fact of the matter is that people practice, try to practice depossession just for the, just to take advantage. So if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, don't try it. Okay. I want to tell you something that is very rarely known. Entities tend to remember you. Beyond lifetimes, yes. For a very long time. And so if they remember you as a scoundrel that needs a lesson, you know that lesson is coming at some point, right? You'll forget what you did, but the entity won't. So there's a different kinds of karma that come to individuals, who, especially doublers, who do things for the wrong reasons. So guys, just as a matter of information, depossession is tricky business. If you're not versed in it, if you're not practiced in possession and depossession, if you're not a strong practitioner of metaphysics, don't try it. If you haven't been practicing for a very long time, don't try it. Let someone else who has the background and the skills do that thing, okay? No point in putting yourself in jeopardy. There's a high risk component there as well. So, Amir, I'm going to pass this over to you. I think we've come to the end of our broadcast. So, have at it. Thank you so much, David. So, again, going back to the anal an analogy of different vibrations, different levels of energy, different frequencies, when somebody is down, low, vibing low, fear, shame, blame, guilt, despair, that's when they're compatible with the infiltration, with the being that is occupying their field of energy. So how this separation happens is a competent practitioner invokes the free will of the person that is in this predicament. The person, if they have enough strength left, to declare it is my free will to be to be released of this to be sovereign again then everything can be done and it takes somebody who has mastery above energy so somebody that has the ability to transmute energy and change different vibratory levels of energy so you slowly start bringing up the vibration the person feels better you bring them into the vibration of love they feel much much better and again, you're lifting them out of that zone. The entity cannot follow them. They can't follow all the way because by their very nature, they're not compatible with certain frequencies. 
but that's where humanity naturally lies love grace joy hope right so it takes somebody that is able not only to hold their own vibration but very delicately do this uplifting and if it's done correctly it is absolutely painless there's no tantrum by the entity it's like souring the milk right it doesn't taste good anymore and the trick after that is making sure that there is aftercare for the individual that is freed once again so that there are no leakages in the energy system so they deflate like a balloon go right back down to where they're in access to the negative entities so it, there must be a healing and so some of the practices that do this very, very well are shamanic practices. Throughout ages, okay, our ancestors faced the same problem we face today. And shamans exist for a reason. So other people who could actually do this, if they put their dedication to it, are um, energy masters. Uh, Qigong, Tai Chi, a whole other range of uh, energy manipulation. Mm -hmm. And these have existed as sorcerers and magicians throughout history that they very, very easily and gently do this, no matter how many demons or whatever have infested that poor human being. So, yes, if you're not an energy master, please don't approach this. You'll be the next meal, right? Because before you know, you're angry, you're fearing. Oh, there you go. You're fair game. Oh, yeah. There's something that we missed here, Amir. We need to deconstruct a few myths here. Okay. okay, so a lot of the people who watch this, this um, this movie, The Exorcist, think that exorcism are like The Exorcist, right? Uh, no, some parts of it are correct, other parts not correct. As an example, don't be going to church, blessing some holy water, and throwing it on people, saying, <laughs> "I command you with whatever." Um, first of all. Best case scenario, the entity will just laugh at you like, what are you what, what are you doing? <laughs> You're going with a water pistol, squirting the guys. Q Q, yeah, it's not right. gonna work. Uh just so that we're clear, not all entities that inhabit bodies are um, have any kind of biblical association. That's number one, so they don't understand your holy water issue. And if you're doing that kind of exorcism on a, a Hindu as a I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you do that kind of exorcism on a Hindu or Muslim, it's like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> Why are you wetting me? So it, it doesn't work that way. And yeah, not all entities understand your um, biblical, uh, I command you by the blood of Jesus bit. Okay. It doesn't always work. That's not how exorcisms are done. That's just for television. Okay. Uh, yes, Hollywood. God, God, goddamn Hollywood. Oh, come on. <laughs> the part of it that's correct. The part of it that's true. You have to know the name of the entity. You might want to know the name of the entity that you're working with, because they generally don't like that. So, but that's that that part I could say is true. But the whole holy water and the putting the Bible down and reading the passages of Psalm 23 and all that sort of stuff. Um, that doesn't work really well um and it might get you hurt because people who are possessed are extremely strong and so you might not want to go and try to hold them down to the bed that will end very very badly for you 
So, so that that would be pissing off the entity and the person together. So they both agree on kicking your butt. Yeah. So don't do that. Imagine, imagine, squirt, squirt. It's only water. Now you have you have the individual pissed off. You have the entity pissed off. And oh, this hell. is coming for your ass, right? Because it's like, why are you pissing me off? Why did you just wet me in my own bed? So, guys. But, but David, one thing you said about reading passages from the holy books. Yeah. Now, the situation that, that this would absolutely work is the person who is reading these passages becomes overwhelmed with love and grace. There we go as they are reading it so then that energy manipulation happens you see i could see that working right they but think of the beauty of the divine oh my goodness i'm filled with love they start radiating love and that does the job yes yes but i'm as i'm reciting psalm 23 in my head for a lot of people that won't evoke that love and um compassion right <laughs> for those of you who don't know what psalm 23 is the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. Now, if you embody that psalm inside of you and you're doing a deep possession, I can absolutely see that working. You know, the year though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. If you truly believe that you are not afraid and you are not afraid and it's the entity sees that, that presence, it would absolutely work. But if you're just reciting it because that's what I saw on TV, it's not going to, it's not going to work, okay, guys? It's Same not going to work. Other holy texts where the person genuinely believes. So that belief is such a powerful thing. So again, in the Islamic world, they read um, verses from the holy book, the Quran. Yeah. Faith has exactly the same thing, right? But it's all about that faith of the of the person who's reciting it and what they're feeling. Correct. So if it the vibration, you 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 go, you go. Power to you. Correct. And honestly speaking, the whole setup. I I, I wanted to deconstruct these myths because a lot of people uh, make the mistake of trying to do a deep possession with their Bible in front of them. You shouldn't have a Bible in front of you in the first place. And I'll tell you why, because Psalm 23 is supposed to be hard coded onto your mind and your body. Okay. The verses in the Bible, and I know about this part, the verses in the Bible, you see how I can just recite Psalm 23. They're hard coded. I recite it. They're supposed to be hard coded onto you. You are supposed to be Psalm 23. You're not reading Psalm 23. You are supposed to be that Psalm. Psalm 70, Psalm 57. These are all deep possession Psalms. Go read them in the Bible. And so guys, I suppose that's our show for today. Uh, go read the Bible and let me know what you think of Psalm 23, Psalm 57 and Psalm 70. And yeah, let us know in the comments below. Amir, you got anything else to say on this subject? I think that we all have a an impressive degree of control over our own vibration. Where we exist, where we choose to live. Are we choosing to live in the depths with the sharks and crocodiles and hippos? Or are we choosing to fly with the eagles? Correct. So that's self-mastery, control over what goes on within you, 
it's everything this this incarnation process reincarnation process this experience of life is all about that manipulating energy in yourself once you get there then you may extend it to others but please first of all focus on number one which is you and keep yourself vibing high no matter what the world throws at you you always have the free will and the choice to transmute it start vibing high again no matter how they claw at you and try to drag you down stay up in the clouds my friends thank you most kindly amir thank you guys for being here this went on a little longer than we normally would but this is this topic needed to be discussed i guess we see you guys later or we will see you guys on our learning platform take care guys thank Bye -bye. you for listening and subscribing to our podcast Universal Citizen Media is an open-door network of professionals bringing relevant content to inspired people. We exist for the promotion of wellness for the betterment of society, and we are a free and independent media group with zero affiliations to any political or religious agendas. If you want to know more, please join us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or in our private online community at community.universalcitizentv.com.